I'm Gary. This is Austin. And we are Midwest Mics coming back at you live from the Uclick TV studios right here inside the High V Arena, legendary Kemper Arena here in Kansas City. You can go to uclicktv.com and check out our show each week as well as the other great content on Uclick TV. Jim is up there behind the scenes making us look and sound good today, making sure the show runs smooth. Uh, welcome in a co-host today. Uh, Stefan Gritty Gradine. Uh, he co hosts the Hat Trick over on KUAW. Austin and I have made a couple guest appearances over there, so returned the favor and had Gritty come on over here today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, it's good to be here, just like whenever you guys come join the show as well. So, uh, pretty excited for the show. See how this goes. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. You know, uh, you're a pretty knowledgeable sports guy. You know, another former player of mine back from my early coaching career. And, so it's always exciting to get together with you and, and hear your uh, hot takes on sports. Yeah, no doubt. I'm 25, so don't age yourself there, Gary. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. That was, that was, that was just, just a couple years ago. It seems like it doesn't. Just two, yeah, it was two years ago, right? Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah just two. Just That's right. Two. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to welcome in another uh, former player from the uh, Shawnee Mission East. Lancers, uh, Jake Randa. He was drafted in the 13th round by the Washington Nationals last year's MLB draft. Um, won a state championship in baseball in high school at Shawnee Mission East. Um, was a multi-sport athlete, played football as well. Uh, played at Northwest Florida State College. Um, had a huge spring last year. Batting average of 412. Had 13 home runs and 52 RBIs over 50 games last year and like I said was drafted by the Nationals in the 13th round last year so Jake welcome to the show thank you for having me on guys you guys hear me yeah there we go there it is there we go yeah thank you for having me on guys yeah um, so let's start with you know growing up in Kansas City your, your dad was a Kansas City Royal um, played here for a number of years on you know, we've talked about it before. Those were not some of our best Royals teams that uh, he, he was to be a part of. But how was it growing up kind of and seeing the inside of the Royals organization? You know, it was a little weird at first. I mean, I was a little kid, but I didn't really understand the inside of it. But I got to go to the games and everything, spring training. And, I mean, everybody works as hard as everybody. And it's just crazy how the outcomes of everybody's seasons are so different. It was a struggle. It was a struggle to go out there every day and most of the time watch them lose. What kind of made 2014 and 2015 like very fun to watch because you go through all that struggle and then you see the success in 2014, 2015. It just really brought the city together. Really cool. We're going to some of those games, you know, those Royals games there in the late 90s and early 2000s when, when we were in high school. And, you know, it was always fun to go out to the ballpark, but you know, definitely the, the product on the field has gotten better, you know, over in, in more recent years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got guys like Raul Mondesi with Merrifield, and Alex Gordon's been there for a while, really anchoring it down. But it's cool to see the next generation of guys come in. I'll tell you what, one thing, I, one thing that was really nice about those years you could go to you could go to every single home game and you probably would spend maybe a hundred hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so right, you could go out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's crazy too. That, 
2004, 2002. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, what's crazy, too, when I think about that, going out to – because I had, I had friends that went to – I didn't go to every single home game, but I did have friends that went to every single home game. And what it almost did was it was get them – Come the even though they were losing, the stadium's awesome. The atmosphere's awesome. It almost gets you to the point where you kind of fall in love with the team. So shoot, when they turn it around in fourteen and fifteen, you're like, I'm already, I've been on board. I've been on board. And so you know, it, it just you, it's kind of like with this Chiefs a little bit where we were going through with like Matt Castle and stuff like that. Hey, hey, all right. Okay. So that's that's Jim's department. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, well, basically the gist of kind of what I was saying was some of those lean years where you're not, not doing too well uh, and you still got fans coming out. Those are the kind of years where you kind of fall in love with just the, the atmosphere and the team. And even though they're not doing too well, that makes uh, 2014, 2015, the payoff just immense, just crazy. So. Absolutely. And you get to let's say you get to walk into a team that's uh, has done pretty well lately. How, how did you how did you do that? How did you end up getting drafted by the Nationals? What is going on there? Drafted to I'm, the champs. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, going through this year's junior college, the Nationals weren't like the hottest team on me. And then right. as day one and day two of the draft kind of went through, I was kind of more leaning towards going to school at Mississippi State. And I got a call from Alan Marr, the regional scout in my area. And he's like, do you want to play for the Nats? And I'm like, absolutely, let's get this thing going. And that kind of took off from there. And then they just so happened to win the World Series this year. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, that it's always good to come into the team that's on top, right? Absolutely. I mean, I we're not really doing any of the spring training stuff right now, but walking into the complex every day and seeing that World Series champion sign really kind of motivates you in a weird way. The funny thing about that team is they had been good for a while with uh, Bryce, and then Bryce moves on, and then they end up winning the championship. It's kind of a little, that's kind of a little crazy there. Um, but the thing is, uh, the Nationals had had a winning culture for a while. Like right, they were they were been pretty good for years, and then all of a sudden they just took a big step forward uh, and did that. So, question for you: Are you uh, so? Where are you at right now? Are you going to be doing spring training with the guys, or, or how does that work out with you? There's really a lot of a small group of us, uh, about seven of us right now, guys that just got drafted last year that are down here working out at the facility. I mean, how can you complain about this out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not that bad. But we get our workouts done pretty early. Like I was done 11 o'clock our time today, so been chilling the rest of the day. Nice. Um, so let's let's go back and talk a little bit about your high school career. You know, you uh, played with Joey Wentz, a couple other guys who, you know, have gotten some looks, played some big-time college ball and getting some looks in the pros. You know, you guys won a state championship your junior year. Just talk a little bit about, you know, once you uh, you saw that that team had a chance to be special. Uh, going to my uh, sophomore year, I kind of, we, had, we had a feeling that our class was going to be pretty special when it came to the baseball side. But really having Joey and Max Sanborn I had in my sophomore year. I mean, a lot of those guys from the team my sophomore year returned from my junior year. 
that junior was really something special. I mean, Joey holding it down as the number one. We had Henry Miller, Zebulon Vermillion, Luke Anderson, Trevor Thompson, who is now at Colgate playing football. So it's just a lot of athletes out there. I mean, we got in that junior year, and we were expecting we expected to win the whole thing. I mean, if we didn't win the whole thing, that was going to be a bust. I think that's kind of the motto the whole year was like, we're not stopping. We're going to get through this whole thing and be on top. And we really, I, that team was just absolutely something special. I mean, that was a game. You go out there every single game and you know you have a chance to win. That's when you really know you're going to be special. Yeah, especially in, in baseball where, you know, you, you do play, I think you play 20 games in high school uh, baseball here, but, I mean, there's a lot more games. So it's it's really tough to know that, you know, every day going out there you got a chance. And, I mean, that team with, with all those athletes, including yourself, you know, you guys really did every day have a chance to just go out there and kind of pound somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And there was that whole league that year was pretty good which was the crazy part. Like, we were like, okay, there's really can't be a team that's better than us. But, I mean, all the Blue Valley schools were pretty good. We crossed and played in Lawrence, and we played a couple of Missouri teams, good games. So, I mean, lot, that year in baseball, my junior year, was a really strong baseball year in the state of Kansas, which made the state run even better. I mean, that Lawrence Free State game, the championship game, I mean – we ended up winning on a walk-off error by the second baseman, I think. But it was just a battle the whole game. So looking, so now that you're in Florida, you're obviously living a paradise type of life than what we are right now. We walk outside and it's a little cold here. But uh, what do you what do you um, attest the growth of baseball talent in Kansas City to? I mean. Over the last five, six, seven years, so a handful of years, you're starting to see a boom of talent in Kansas City, whereas Kansas City's always been kind of overseen when it comes to baseball talent. What do you attest that to? I really attest to some of the programs they got out there. I mean, we got, uh, God, I forget the name, Matt Hinckley, a lot of those guys. They're really trying to bring that next generation of players up there. I've never worked up out there personally, but – I worked out with a guy named David Justice at AYC. It's off about, I think, State Line and 65th, maybe. I'm not sure. But um, that's who me and Joey went to most of the time. But there's other academies like Billy Champions, Mac Insights. They're really striving to make sure that this level of baseball just keeps going through Kansas City. I was going to say, I was going to give a shout-out to Mac Insights. My wife used to work there, like, back in the day. Oh, you said you said David Justice, like like is it? Are you talking about the David Justice, or is that a different different guy? If it's David Justice from AYC, then it might be the, but I'm <laughs> not sure. A, I was gonna say that's the, the Yankee. He played for the Royals one year, and then uh, Yankee. Is my thing about the same guy? A's, Yankees, Royals, David Justice, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you're, I yeah, 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 you're thinking yeah, of the same that's guy. Right. Yeah, is it? Same guy, yeah, same guy. that's awesome. Is that, Yo, that's, it's, well, it's not it's not that guy. Oh, uh, okay, but never mind. Yes, you're thinking of the right guy. Oh, okay, good deal, good deal. Uh, and one thing we want to give a shout out to is a uh, friend of the show, old coach. How how uh, how how yeah, was Coach uh, Gordon? Coach Gordon, how much did Coach Gordon contribute to? The, you know, you got pump. He's a friend of the show, so pump him up a little bit here, okay? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Will has always been one of my biggest mentors, and he knows that. 
uh, he was at, he actually got the job at East the year after I left. But he used to coach my summer teams growing up through middle school, some two years of high school, I believe. But he's one of my he's um, he's basically family to me. I mean, I give a lot of credit to that guy. It's mostly on the mental side too. It's not really even on the baseball side. Just kind of teaching me how to be mentally strong, and it's something that I even still use today. Which is, I mean, I, I can't thank him enough. So if you're ever looking for somebody to help you with baseball, find Will Gordon because he's the absolute. As I say, when we had him on the show, just having our our conversation we had with him, uh, you could tell as far as baseball smarts go, and as far as just 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 athletics in general, the dude is like top notch. And so I just wanted I just wanted to throw him out there because we really like that dude, man. He's he's a he's a good guy and a good coach. Yeah, I, I tried to get and him a great to come father in. too. His two youngins too. Yeah, yeah, I tried to get him uh, to come in today, but they have workouts right after school, so. The timing didn't quite. Oh, they're getting ready to go. Yeah, he. he, Oh yeah. uh, You know, I I, I really like you know I like working with Will a lot. Getting to work with him day in and day out. Just the more I've got to know him over the last few years. uh, You know, you're right. He he takes that aspect of the mental part of the game and just that preparation so serious and getting guys ready to be able to go out there. Because I mean, I, I think the hardest thing to do in all sports is hit a baseball. And, you know, the hardest single oh, absolutely. Act. And so the mental aspect of that that he helps you guys with is just incredible. Yeah, I was so going to say, if you, give me a, if you give me a bat and you throw 100 fastballs at me, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going goose egg on there. I'm, going, <laughs> I'm goose egg. Yeah. It's harder than it looks, people. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I, yeah, when you're, when, you're, when you're good at something, it makes it look real, real easy. Yeah. But it is, it, without a doubt, I mean – Jake, I coach baseball here in Kansas City at YBC, and man, dude, I mean, just some of the things that you see going through, um, you know, some of the athletes that come through, they make it look so easy, you know, and you're teaching them, You, I played the game, Jake's played the game, many other coaches have played the game, but man, sometimes you somebody gets in the cage and it's like, just hit it, you know, <laughs> and it, it's like the hardest thing ever, it's yeah. like us trying to go practice uh, neuroscience or something like that, you know. Yeah. So, Jake, last year um, at Northwest Florida, was it a, a wood bat college league? No, we lost them. Oh, we lost audio. Lost your audio. Hold on. Okay, try that. I don't know. Um, We'll try to, maybe he'll come back in here in a second. Um, But uh, changing out his AirPods there. Maybe, uh, can you hear us? You can hear us, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we can't, we, we don't have you. Um, no, he did. He already did. Uh, so what we're going to start doing is we're going to start just asking him yes or no questions. He can <laughs> shake his head yes. Yeah. Yeah. His head no. <laughs> is baseball fun? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. I'm going to 
Okay. Jim, Jim's going to take you off for just a minute, and then uh, he'll he'll bring you back here in a second. But, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of enjoying that, catching up with him a little bit. You know, I was going to get into because he, he was a multi-sport guy, you know, played football for us too at mm-hmm. Shawnee Mission East Safety. Um, had an injury his senior year, I think, in the last game of the regular season, um, which would have been our 16th season. We lost the Blue Valley in the semifinals in overtime. Um, you know, we had him and a couple other injuries on the team. Where we, I mean, I feel like we would have had a chance at state. You know, like I said, we lost yeah, in no overtime. Doubt. But uh, yeah, I was going to talk to him a little bit about that. But but I mean, I mean, you're going down the right track. You know, there's so many multi-sport athletes now. I mean, you're starting to see them boom. You know, I think you were on the show over at KUAW mm-hmm. when we were talking about it. You know, you're starting to see these college athletes play multiple sports as well. And when it comes to recruiters, if you say if you're looking at a guy, let's say a baseball player, since we had Jake on, if you're looking at a baseball player and that's all he does is play baseball, and then all of a sudden you have a baseball, football dual guy, well, the recruiter's going to start leaning towards the football, baseball player, dual guy, mm-hmm. just because he shows that there's a different level of toughness that goes with football. Um, there's, I don't want to really say a different level of brotherhood, um, but there is. I mean, there it's is. a bigger team. It's a bigger group of guys, and you know they like seeing that. And I mean, it's just changing the way athletes are, especially at the college level and in recruiting. So, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm pretty sure that had a huge role to play in his uh, his college recruitment as well. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, I know that. When I talk to other football coaches in general, and we're just talking about their programs and things they do, the guys who are successful talk about their multi-sport athletes versus, you know, programs that maybe are not as successful, don't want to share their guys and want to kind of keep them to themselves. And, you know, and and even talking to college recruiters, you know, that's, that's one of the things, first things that they ask when they come into high school after grades is what else does he do? Yeah. You know, does, does he play another sport? Does he run track? Does he swim? Does he do this? You know, does he play baseball? Does he play basketball in the winter? You know, what what's going on? What what else does he do? So, yeah, multi-sport athletes. I mean, I know, Austin, you've heard a lot about that, too, from the coaches we've had on. It seems like it always comes up. Yeah, definite trend for sure is everybody trying to do dual sport because, you know, a lot of times these guys talk about running track. And that's up. All it's going to do is get you faster. So, like, you can, have, you can have your primary focus be whichever one, and then you can use some of the other sports to uh, kind of enhance your abilities in the other sport that you do. So, uh, I mean, one thing about the, uh, on the, uh, with the Chiefs receivers, I mean, how, how many of them dudes ran track? Exactly. It was, like, all of them? Maybe all of them? I know. I think, I think just, a, just about. <laughs> I think so. And so that was, like, and that's the, definitely the type of receiver that the Chiefs were going for. Basically was we want speed, speed, speed. Plus, these guys had got good hands. You know, Tyreek really wasn't the best route runner when he came in the league, but he had that speed. Yeah, just fast. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, he was he was good. But as it as time goes on, he keeps that speed. And then Coach Reed and and all you know our OCs uh, work with our receivers coach work with him and develop his route running. And now he's he's elite. He's one of the you know he's one of the top five. Yeah. So um, so yeah, dual sports always a good thing. It's always good to get those guys in there and just helps them hone. Whichever is their primary focus. So, Jake, yeah. do you have speed? Dang, no audio. He's like, hold up. <laughs> no, 
not getting anything. Hello? Nope, nothing. Nothing? No. <laughs> scream, oh, loud, scream louder. We can hear you. We can he hear each you. Other, that was like the old school trick. To <laughs> yeah. Blow into the earbuds there. Yeah. <laughs> well, like blowing in the Nintendo cartridge. Hey, there it is. Yeah. There you Jake, go. switch to your phone mic and see if that works for us, will you? All right. Or, or whatever so, you're using. I mean, Austin, I mean, you're hitting it, you're hitting it on the head when you talk about um, even going into the professional ranks. They want to see the guys that are playing multiple sports. I mean, yep. look at look at the two best tight ends to ever play the game. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're talking about Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates. Basketball Fantastic guys. basketball guys. Basketball. And every time you yep. hear of a tight end, a big tight end catching a pass today, what do they say? Oh, man, he ran that route and boxed him out like he was yep. a power forward or a center, you know? Yeah. That, those skills translate, you know. Tony Gonzalez, he wasn't the fastest dude. Antonio Gates, God forbid, we know he wasn't the fastest dude. But, but they, had great, they had great footwork, and they knew how to manipulate their body to block out other guys. And it just made it makes the game so much easier when you have another skill set mm-hmm. to rely on. And, I mean, you see it, football, baseball, baseball, yep. basketball, wrestling, baseball, yep. you know, basketball, football. I mean, it, it's track and football. And, and I think there's some – maybe overtraining that happens when you do specialize too early. Yes. And then you overtrain some muscles and end up getting hurt or straining those muscles or, you know, there's also burnout. I mean, you get oh, yeah. you get tired of just oh, doing yeah. the same thing all the time. Yeah. You know, now, I mean, I know that certain guys, when they get to a certain level in high school, you know, you're probably not if, – if you have a big-time scholarship offer on the table, you know, by going into your senior year – you may not do that second sport, and right. that's okay. Right. But, you know, I, I think, especially coming in as a freshman, like, that's the worst time. I, I hate to hear it when, it when we have new freshmen coming in and they're working out in the summer, and I say, hey, you know, what, what sport are you here training for? And they say, just baseball or just football or whatever that may be because oh. I'm like, what? You're, you're a freshman. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, oh, there we go. He's hey, back. Hey, he's hey, back. Hey, you end up switching to the uh, phone or just your yeah, phone? Just the phone. Oh, oh, oh. Just the phone. All right, there, there we go. Hey, turn it back the other way if you can. There, oh, there we go. Bingo. Bingo. We're in, we're in HD world. So, screen. Um, we were talking about, was Northwest Florida a wood bat league when you were playing there? No, it was a metal bat league. Um, the only league I can think of, the only two leagues I can think of in junior college are uh, California and Arizona that are uh, wood bat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't sure on that. But uh, still, I mean, hitting 412 and 13 home runs, that's, that's a pretty good year, 52 RBIs. Yeah, I really yeah, I found really my found groove that year. year. So, I hope, I hope to keep that groove coming, coming soon. soon. Yeah. But we'll have to we'll see. Have to see. Been working been hard. hard. Spent my off season in Arizona. Arizona. Really got really to know got a lot of the, the true aspects of hitting. And we'll see we'll what see that takes me this year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, when I was playing, I got the luxury of – the BESR certified bats, but then I had to make the switch over to the BB core bats. You putting up impressive numbers with BB core bats. I mean, um, a lot of listeners may not understand the baseball jargon, but Jake, just talk on 
how much the game has changed, you know, versus the BESR and now the BB Core, even at the college level. Yeah, it definitely yeah, changed a little bit. The bats now are a little bit better than where when it first came out with the BB Core. But it was really a different aspect going from. I mean, I used BB Core in college, I mean, in high school. So I really was used to it going into junior college, but it's definitely different. Because you get, when you're growing up, you use those metal bats. I can't even explain the sound, they're so loud. <laughs> With the BB core bat, you hit it on the nose of the ball, it sound like a wood bat almost. So it really has the feel of a wood bat. I mean, wood bat is a wood bat. If you miss with a wood bat, you're probably not gonna get the results you would if you miss with a BB core bat. That's for sure. But it really gets you used to it. Okay, I missed with the ball. I'm gonna get penalized if I miss the ball. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about, you know, multi-sport athletes and, you know, you were a multi-sport athlete in high school playing football as well. So talk about the importance of that and how it helped, you know, develop your baseball career. I mean, each sport really has its own, I guess, mental side of it. So really kind of piecing together, like that piece of football, being able to endure a whole game. Especially my junior and senior big both sides of football most of the time. You really got to learn how strong physically and mentally you are. And that kind of contributed into my career a little bit because especially now, I mean I'm gonna play a hundred plus games this year. I would think hundred and forty five maybe. You really have to learn how to come out every day and give the best that you possibly can, regardless if that's hundred percent or eighty percent. What I've learned through this is you got to sometimes be able to give the best 80% you can So, and that goes on to football, too. There's games that go out there. I mean, Gardner, and I think it was the semifinal, maybe, second or third playoffs. I went out there with a very messed up ankle. Very, I almost had to get surgery on it. And I went out there and played every single down of that game. I remember getting done with that game, and I'm like, wow. I don't know if I could do that ever again. <laughs> but just getting, through, just getting through that game kind of showed me, wow, a lot tougher than you really think you are. Yeah, because you would hurt it the week. Yeah, because you would hurt your ankle against uh, Shawnee Mission West, right? Wasn't it the week before yeah, yeah. that? Yeah. Um I remember that. You had uh, made a great play on an interception, right? And you were running it in the run back, kind of got tangled up. Somebody twisted your ankle a little bit. Yeah, my ankle my stayed put. My body about five yards. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I broke it. I no. thought I broke it. I was, I was lucky to not break it. Instead of, that ending thing was like a bone confusion, a high ankle sprain, and a non-partial fracture bunch of weird little things, but I got lucky there. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a devastating blow. We ended up, you know, that year we ended up losing the semifinals to Blue Valley, you know, in overtime. What what was a, a crazy game? You know, we were down, I think we were down eight with like three minutes to go or something and got a big stop on defense, drove the length of the field and tied it up and um, then went into overtime. You know, you, you were yeah, injured. That, that and, was tough for 
Carl Young, I think, was out that game also, another injury that we had. Um, you know, but we still, we, we battled and, you know, that was a tough deal. Yeah, not a lot of people know this, but actually, supposed to go to Blue High School. Oh, so no, I, really I didn't. Wanted, I really wanted to play that game. And being injured, getting on the side back the whole time, just tough for me. Emotionally tough for me, because nothing that back was the last time I was on a football field. That was tough for me. I mean, I, I miss football. I wish I, I sometimes wish I could still strap it up a little Yeah, that's what, you know, that's a message we try to preach to the guys all the time is, you know, other sports you can play, continue to play as you get older, but football, you know, there's nothing like high school football. You can't necessarily just strap it on again and go out there and, and be with your brothers. So, you know, it's always something that, you know, you need to hold those memories dear. Absolutely. So right now you're down in Florida and, you know, kind of gearing up for spring training. Um, when the Nationals do start camp, will you be with them, or is there a separate, like, rookie camp, or how does that work? So, so the big league club is going to be there right now. I think for about two or three days of the full squad, catching the full last week. Uh, our minor league camp starts, I think, March 12th. So I'm down here for about a full month before it starts. But we, it's basically the same thing. A lot, a lot of us out, of us out there. there. I mean, you can catch from all levels. So, there's a lot of bodies out there, so it takes a bit of time. All right. Yeah, let's say let's let's move on to the to the team that everybody hates right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the team everybody hate is hating. I hate them. You know who I'm talking about? I hate this team. That I used to actually respect the way they were drafting and the way they were building their organization from the bottom up. And I was like, dang, this team's gonna be good for a while. And they'll probably be good next year. I'm talking about the Houston Astros. All that cheating. Uh. Actually, you know, let's take a step further. I'll clarify it. I'll start from the top. The way I identify them cheating is anything that's, like, digital, right? They got a camera pointed at you, collecting your signs. That's a little too far. If the second baseman steals them, or, sorry, if a guy's on second and he's catching them, I'm good with that because that's that's, catcher's not. Yeah, that's the player's I think we're in agreement on that, right? Yeah. So, Jake, what's your, like, first takeaway when you heard the Astros and all all that crap about them? Well, I mean, I kind of heard some stuff on Twitter and everything. I mean, when you're playing every day, you really don't pay attention to right. that, what else is going on. Like, I know I've heard the details and kind of try to stay out of it. It's obviously really not my spot to say anything because they're way up there and I just got drafted. So I try to stay out of it, but I, mean, I don't know the whole investigation process of everything. I don't know what's real and what's not, so I don't know. I don't really even have a comment to say because I don't know any of the details of, like, the full details of the investigation of who's guilty of it not. Just a lot. I mean, so we actually, what's funny is we actually share the spring training facility with the Houston Astros. The media is really over, over there right now. Uh, I mean, same time, they're trying to get the work in, too, so I imagine it's probably pretty hard to do with all those people over there. Same question. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I saw the uh, video of the guy the other day. Uh, while he was banging a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> during he was banging practice. a trash can during yeah, practice or whatever. So. Do what? You can almost hear him banging the trash can from my I bet. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's going to be basically relentless trolling, like, all year on these guys because, and, and like you were saying, the tough thing is uh, you don't know. Sometimes you don't know how much of it is – there was a bunch of, you know, maybe a bunch of guys kind of running it and then the peer pressure to keep it going or the peer pressure not to tell anybody about it is what kept it going. Um, so I do see more stuff as where, um, there, for instance, there was a relief. I can't remember what's the, the relief pitcher's name. Uh, he played for uh, – Mike Fires. Yeah, and there's another guy too that actually it, it pretty much ended his – well, he's back now with, uh, with the Blue Jays. But, I mean, it put him out of the majors for a while because he gave up, I think – he gave up like three or four base hits in a row to lose a yeah. game. Anyway, so it's affected more than just you know them just kind of cheating the Yankees or whatever or the Dodgers. Who they be, they beat the Dodgers that year, right? Is that, is that yeah, correct? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I mean the the biggest thing like for me with the whole Astros thing is the commissioner's office has been horrible through the whole thing. I mean, um, you're down in you're down in spring training and it's all about everybody's looking for the punishment, you know, and there's not really any punishment being handed out, you know, and for me, just if I'm a base runner and the catcher is bad enough that he's not mixing sequences or anything like that, then yeah, you know, tip it off. Hitters like that, but that's not going to happen, you know, for 60 pitches in a row, you know, Oh, a fastball is coming. Let me bang on the trash can once. Right. You know, that type of stuff that there's there's no space there's no room in the game for it you know if Altuve allegedly was wearing a buzzer system or something like that that's there's, too much. there's no there's no room in the game for that like that's going a step and beyond you know what's going on and uh, Jake I want to ask you this because Giancarlo Stanton was interviewed uh, yesterday I think and he said if he would have had like a buzzer system or um, people banging on the trash cans that he would have hit 80 home runs in 2007 or 2017, um, the year that he hit 59. Yeah. You know, um, how how much more, uh, like, slugging percentage and your power numbers do you think that you could increase if you had a buzzer system or a trash can system? Like, if you knew exactly what if pitch was, what coming was coming every yeah. time. I mean, I know Mike Trout said this days ago, but it'd be, it'd be kind of fun, but it's also screwing the whole game. Yeah. But it would it, it definitely gives them an unfair advantage in that circumstance. I'm not saying any of them had a buzzer. I'm pretty no for sure. No concrete evidence that that happened. Exactly. So I'm not going to accuse them of doing that. But it would no just knowing all the time. It's so much different. Like as a player, you're on second base and you're picking up some signs. It's hard, especially in pro ball, because they have so many different sequences they have to follow. Backups. I mean, it's just—it's a whole—it's almost an algorithm. Yeah. It's—it's it's weird. It's weird. It's definitely that—that that was probably the biggest thing for me from going from junior college to pro ball was just getting used to the you know, have your signs, you have your signs, you just have everything. Just so when people do legally, I guess you could say, feel your signs. What happens? People think that science doesn't happen in football. It happens, technology or not, it happens. It's yes, part yeah. of the game. 
it's usually user or coach error just by making the sign too obvious to see. I mean, it's I mean it's part of it, but like sometimes, I mean sometimes they'll know a pitch and they still can't get it. So yeah, exactly. Sometimes I mean, I'll, I'll be expecting a fastball and I get a fastball and I can't hit. It. Yeah, one one so, thing. Maybe I'll, that's my fault. <laughs> one thing I'll clarify too is, uh, you know, some people that maybe aren't baseball guys don't, you know, they don't know how to equate this. If you know exactly what pitch is coming, I put it like this. So uh, back in the day, but Super Bowl two thousand two, it's Tampa, it's Oakland. Oakland doesn't change. So the coach that used to coach the Raiders, be Gruden, yep, Gruden, went over to Tampa. He basically the Raiders' offense didn't change any of their play calls. So Gruden knew exactly what was coming. And then Tampa smoked them. This is kind of similar to that. So Houston, basically using cameras and stuff, knew exactly what was coming every single time, and could do that. And then the, the craziest thing is too to to see the difference of their average at home versus their average on the road. That's even more crazy too. So you kind of knew something was going on. I still think they're going to be a really good team. I still think they are a really good team. I don't even oh, know if they. Be- I don't even know if they even need. Yeah, I mean, honestly, no, I don't even know no. if they needed that. Yeah, no. They. I mean, they don't. I mean. Um, I'm pretty good friends with the national cross checker for the Houston Astros, Chris Gross. Um, he's responsible for Correa, Springer, Altuve, and uh, you know these guys are generational talents. Without that stuff, yeah, you know. And then I just I just don't understand why you know that something like this would happen to a team like you know I would expect Same. I would expect the Marlins to try and do something like this, <laughs> you know, but. The Houston Astros. I mean, you have Hall of Fame talent on your roster. Yeah, but you're always you're always looking for that edge. The same reason why Patriots Patriots you're, you're do this stuff. Like exactly, just a little bit more of an edge. And I think, like I said, it, it didn't help them to make contact with the baseball, but it, it yeah. definitely dropped the degree of difficulty as far as knowing about where this pitch is going to come in. They went from all Madden to pro. Is yeah. basically what it is. Yeah. So <laughs> that's good. That's good right there. That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, so Jake, you said you kind of work out in the morning and then just kind of hang out and enjoy the Florida sunshine in the afternoon, huh? Exactly. I went to the beach yesterday. <laughs> it's, oh. not, it's not that – from what you showed us, it's not that far away from you. So, they might be doing it again yeah. today. I mean, don't tempt me. <laughs> He's like, all right, guys, this interview's done. <laughs> see, you, see you later. So, uh, and out there. One thing we always like to talk about on the show is Kansas City Barbecue. Mm. What is your Kansas City Barbecue go-to joint when you're back home? Oh, this one. This one's gonna be uh, hard. I haven't been home. I went back home for about a weekend in January. I hit up obviously. I hit up Oklahoma Joe's just because that's the spot in Kansas City. But if I would have to go with a favorite. I don't know if this one's been said on the show yet. If it has, then I have another friend. Uh, I think it's Rosedale. Does that sound right? Rosedale Barbecue? Rosedale Barbecue? I have not. I do not know that I, one. That one's not familiar, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Where is that at? It's off of a, gosh. Uh, don't worry. I'm, go- I'm, I'm Googling like it right I'm Googling right it right now, buddy. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. What is it? Rosedale Barbecue? Yes. Yeah. I think. Yes. Look at that. It popped up. I typed in Rose, and it popped up right away. <laughs> oh, there man. You go. That definitely there means it's good. So, Rosedale yeah, Barbecue is, well, the one I'm looking up is 600 Southwest Boulevard. KC, KCK. That's, Southwest Boulevard. Mm, that's not that far from here. 
No, it's not. That's not that far from here at hey, all. Thanks, Jake. We're going we there after the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hit it up. Might, we might have to run run over there uh, when we get done here. Hey, what's the uh, what do you get there? What's the best What's the best thing there on the menu? Or what do you get? I'm a big brisket guy. All mm. right. Okay. And then smother it in barbecue sauce. Who doesn't smother it barbecue and barbecue sauce? Yeah. Good call. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's why. That's another reason. You know, we like that's it's good content to ask that question, anyways. And then on the second, it's a little bit selfish on our our part to yeah. try to find new spots. Exactly. So thank you for that. Well, I it, mean, it's funny. It's honestly funny. A lot of our spreads after the game are barbecue. Yeah. And I always hate it. It's not <laughs> oh, down, <laughs> down there, down in Florida. Yeah, because it's not as good, yeah, right? Florida. Yeah. I had lunch yesterday. And I went to a barbecue joint down here. And to be honest with you, one, it was overpriced, and two, it was just dry. And no, no, no. Mm. That's the worst. When when the meat's dry and, and it's not just dripping juice, it's like, man, what what are you guys doing? Exactly. Rosedale exactly. barbecue. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So yeah, that's one one thing we always like to talk about, and when we get a new one. We always kind of put it in the memory bank or write it down and put it in the show notes, and we're like, okay, we, we got to try this at some point. Um, you know, there's a couple up north that people have told us about that uh, we're going to try too, and so we're looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, kind of one, one last thing to talk about here. You know, what with your dad being a major leaguer, you know, and you're getting there, you're in the process, you've been drafted, what's some good advice he's given you uh, as you get ready to to make your start here? Always kind of just stay within yourself. I mean, if you want to put it in a like, easier like way to say it, don't try to do too much with everything you do. Like, if you're up to bat, don't try to hit a home run every time. It'll, it'll just happen. But if you try too hard, you have a better chance to fail. So he's really taught me that. And basically always don't don't really focus on the results because when you start worrying about the results, then your results get worse, I guess is the way to put it. I don't know. Uh, but definitely kind of recap what I said is just but do you, like, be yourself. Don't try to be somebody you're not when it comes to sports. Like, if you're a lineman, don't try to be a wide receiver as much as – all linemen want to be wide receivers. Stay on the line. Do what you got to do. Know your blocking scheme. And just, I, that, I mean, that's really all he's been really telling me. Like, some of the stuff Will's been telling me, too, is just, like, to, like, just when you think that you can't get through something, push through it, and you'll realize that you're a lot mentally stronger than you are, you think. But really, at that point, just it's all mental. If you can handle the mental side of the game, you'll be successful. And that goes for all sports. I mean, you saw a perfect example. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl throws two interceptions. I don't think he's thrown two interceptions in a game. And is that a, it might have been the first one of his career, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, uh, no, he first, didn't. No, he threw. He threw. He threw a three against the Rams last year in that big shootout. That's right. But okay. six oh, yeah, touchdowns, right. three but picks. Still, yeah. yeah, six touchdowns, three picks. I mean. I guess yeah, I can live I mean, with that, it's, too. It's, it's like that. I mean, in the Super Bowl, throwing two picks down 10, 
everybody thought they were out of it. I mean, you see the mic'd up video, he's like, nah, we're in it. This can be something special. Like, I don't think anybody on that sideline didn't have faith they were going to win the game. And that's a guy like Mahomes can lead you through that because he's so mentally strong that he almost makes you more mentally strong than you are because he's giving you that motivation and stuff. That's kind of like what I try to do with like, people is just like stay mentally strong and kind of make sure, like when I was at Majuto, uh, a lot of the guys on the team were mentally strong. We really liked the group of guys we had last year and really didn't have a problem with any of it. So kind of helping guide. And I know I talk to a lot of younger guys that are like high school, somewhere in college. I just went up to see my junior college play last week and I talked to the guys a little bit. And it's just basically making sure they kind of go on the same track and being just like, instead of riding that roller coaster, when it comes to emotions, just kind of stick, stick even, have your highs, but don't focus on the lows. So that's really the best advice I can give. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, before we let you go, uh, I just I, I was a baseball guy. I played at K State and then finished at St. Louis University. Um, so I played a high level too. Obviously not as high as you, but I always had that weird pregame ritual. What do you do to kind of get locked in? I put my left sock on first, <laughs> and then I, I have a like I'll wear high socks, but I always have. A, like a no-show white sock that I put on my right foot and then put my other long sock over my right foot. So hey. I got to make sure I do that before everything. Hey, Jake, uh, Jim Bly here real quick. Uh, um, one thing, if you ever play golf at Kansas City uh, Country Club, um, you can't wear no-shows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You knew that already? I was more of an Indian Hills guy. <laughs> yeah, Indian Hills. And also, I, I can't hit it straight though. I, I I play golf a few times last year. I can't hit it straight. So well, that's a baseball player problem. <laughs> Fairway is a lot wider in baseball, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> that's funny. Um, exactly. The other thing you'll get a kick out of this when I played on the mini tour, um, I couldn't hit a perfect drive off number one tee because then my mindset all day was. I got to keep this up all day. So I always kind of tried to <laughs> hook it or, or, or slice it just a little bit, kept it in good position. But if I hit that perfect drive on number one, man, I didn't play well. So, yeah, superstitions are weird, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird how you think something and then you think you got to do better. Just, I mean, that's part of life, too. You try to be you can be every day. Some days you're not. But golf, count me out. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm not very good. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, but golf. Nah. Yeah. Um, so two, Jake, it's about two eight, but it's dead shank every time. So. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day and enjoy the Florida sun down there. Uh, yeah, enjoy know. it for me, please. Thank you. Yeah. I'll Actually, my best. thank you. Very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'll you. have you back on when you get up to Kansas City. Let me know, and we'll go get some barbecue. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. good call. Only if you go to Rosedale. Yeah, we're, <laughs> down. Uh, we're I'm down. down. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jake has joined us uh, live from Florida, enjoying the sunny weather there, and uh, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this.
anyone. So check us out at HyveeArena.com or call 816-505-0404 today to book your historical experience. Van life. It's been defined as the continuous. I'm Gary. This is Austin, and we are Midwest Mics coming back at you live from the UClick TV studios. Great catching up. Former player Jake Randa, uh, just drafted by the Washington Nationals last spring, and currently in Florida, just training, getting ready to open a minor league camp on the 12th of March. Yep. Uh, you know what? I got a lot of good information from him. I'm feeling good about learning about baseball. But I'm even more happy to get a new barbecue place from him. <laughs> that was great. I never heard of that. I never heard of Rosedale. Me either. Rosedale. Now I do. Yeah, now I know Rosedale. It's in the show notes. It's official. You put them in the show notes? I did. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's, I made there's a no forgetting this. I made a little note on my phone. I was like, dude, I'm going to hit that spot up. I am. I'm going to hit yeah. it up. Anytime somebody comes in and says someplace I don't even know, and they say it's like awesome, and then Google. Google had it like a 4-3, which is pretty good. It's, it's a lot of yeah. fives, a lot of fours. So it's a good spot, like 1,700 ratings on Google. I'm going to check it out. There you go. Yeah, so we're going to do it. Still got Gritty with us, uh, co-host the Hat Trick over on KUWA. And, uh, K-U-A-W. K-U-A-W. Sorry. <laughs> Reverse those letters. There, there you go. But uh, still got him with us. And we're just going to jump right into it and talk a little XFL. After two weeks of the XFL, we have two winless teams, two undefeated teams. Four teams right at 500. So um, if the D.C. Defenders and the Houston Roughnecks keep winning, they're, they're both 2-0, and the only undefeateds right now, they would play week seven. So they would we would have two 6-0 and teams if they keep winning. Big time. Uh, week seven, that's when that matchup would happen. So are you guys enjoying the XFL? Um, I mean, from, from what I've seen, I'm enjoying it. Um, the first week, obviously, there were tons of questions about how it was going to work. Um, but I really like some of the things that they've implemented for player safety. Um, the kickoff, as weird as it looks, it's it's safe. It's, it's safe. I mean, you don't get the you don't get the 65 yard run up to hit, to hit the ball oh, runner. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the ball carrier on the kickoffs, and you can't move until he catches the ball. You know, um, and if you look at it. The numbers are basically the same from the XFL to the NFL with starting field position. Yep. I mean, it's like the 23-and-a-half yeah. yard line is the average. Um, in the NFL, it's like the 24-25 yard line. So you're not really missing out on too much entertainment, if you want to say it that way, but it's way safer. Um, the only other thing was the extra points. They don't kick. I, I think it's cool that, that you go from the yep. 2, 5, and 10 – and you can go for a one, two-point, or three-point conversion. I think that's awesome. I think that's fantastic. I mean, kick the balls for you know for the field goal, get you three points. Um, but after scores, it's gonna you're gonna see it as the season goes on and teams get comfortable with the playbooks. You're gonna start seeing teams gamble to take that extra three points because three points goes a long way in a football game. Yeah, and and some people were kind of criticizing these first two weeks, saying that some games were low scoring and there was a lot of defense. Well, I mean, that's pretty typical in football. Early, I mean, even in the NFL, you yep. see it early in the season. Defenses, excuse me, are playing better than the offenses. Because, Unless they play the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, because most offense, it takes a little time to get some rhythm. And, I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks haven't played meaningful football in a year. 
I mean, like you said, like you said at break, Landry Jones. When's the last time that he has taken a meaningful snap? I mean, Landry Jones. I'm a Dallas fan. That's my team. I said it before the year. I think they could win it all, but Landry Jones' quarterback play was not good (laughs) this last weekend. I'm down with Dallas, so I took the. I bet him. I bet him minus four and a half. They covered. Yeah, they didn't cover till like fourth quarter, and Landry had some good scrambles and got it in. I, I actually think they. Dallas might be better off going with the backup dude they used the first week, but let him throw downfield a little bit, right? Yeah. I, I bet that's not the only thing Landry got in that night. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, he had some seltzer after the game, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I think, that's right. I yeah, he got I in that Bud Light hard seltzer. Austin, I will, I will say this. You know what? Man, that's another are... cool thing, too, though, is the is the is they those guys shotgunning beers, yeah, that, or seltzers or whatever after the game. That's awesome marketing. I mean, I think I think it's cool. You know, just seeing you know you get the raw emotion yeah um who was that uh matt mcgloin calling out his coach on tv yeah. on the field um yes our game plan sucks we need to make <laughs> we need to fix this that's the problem right now and the coach came back after halftime and called him out i was like yeah, yeah. this because is really I think it was right entertaining after, right after mcgloin said that i think is like the next series he throws a pick six exactly yeah and i was like all right bro <laughs> Take it easy. And then, hey, and then they put a mic in front of them, you know. It's like. Yeah, that, that's hey. what one thing I enjoy is, you know, they, they pretty much get those guys as they're coming off the field after a big play that was positive or a big play oh, that was man. negative. They're getting those guys, you know, hey, you just fumbled the ball. What happened out there? You suck. Here, tell us about it. <laughs> I know, mean, it's so – Or you yeah, just threw cool. a pick six. Yeah, or he goes the other way too. Yeah, like, they make like, a huge play. And they're like, what's up? Touchdown you touchdown catch. So, I, XFL, I'm enjoying it. I do. I, I make it a point to watch it. I turn it on. It's football in the spring, uh, you know, when there's nothing to real. If, if your college basketball team's not playing at the moment or whatever, and, you know, I know you're a NASCAR guy. If NASCAR's not going on, you want to watch some sports, what's up? XFL's your good option. Uh, the only thing we talked about a little bit before, during the break, and I, I was going to bring it up, is the quarterback play is pretty bad. Man. Except for two, except for two guys. Except for yep. Card, except MVP, Cardale, baby. Cardale MVP. Jones. Except for Cardale and uh, uh, P.J.? Yeah, I, th- I think that's the other one. P.J. Tucker? Yeah. Other yeah, than that, Cardell, Cardell Jones is playing, I think, out of his mind right now. Uh, Cardell's going to get a look. If he, conti- yeah, if he continues to play like that, he'll end up on a roster. He was. You know, he was he was in the league. I don't know who he's yeah. with. I remember seeing him preseason uh, last yeah, year. I mean, he'll get another yeah. look. Definitely. I think yeah. he'll get another look. But, I mean, also, like you said, Gary, um, a lot of these guys haven't taken meaningful snaps in a long time, whereas – Cardell Jones has, yes, P.J. Yeah. Tucker has, uh, Tayamu, you know, those guys have, Fitzpatrick that played down at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm, those yeah. guys have taken meaningful snaps within the last calendar year, and you're seeing the difference in the play. I mean, look at Landry Jones, look at Cardell Jones. I mean, yeah. there's, it's a there's, a, there's a big difference between meaningful snaps recently and not. And I think that's just what you're seeing right now. And like you said, Austin, they're going to start – uh, experimenting with the younger um, backup quarterbacks just to see. I mean, you know what you're going to get from Matt McGloin. He's not a good NFL quarterback or uh, football. I, I mean, think, he's yeah. never been. I mean, I think the uh, there was high hopes for Aaron Murray. Mm. No, no good right now. No. Let me say this on the quarterbacks. I think the quarterback play is down because offensive linemen, good offensive linemen are hard to find. And, oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that's part of the problem. I mean, you know, it's easy to find the – the shorter, 
more muscular guy that's quick on defense than it is the the bigger yes. guy that can force him away and be a bigger and quicker mm-hmm. on the snap. But I'm one of the naysayers, man. I've tried to watch it. Doesn't sound exciting. There's not a lot of crowd noise in the mic. It just, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where I, it, it just hadn't caught my attention yet. It might, I might give it a chance. I've only watched it a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there because of my busy schedule. But here's the thing. I think year one through year three, their corporate sponsorship dollars are going to, and TV dollar contracts are, are going to have to drive the league. Um, I think it's the first three years, if they can get past three years, I think it can become successful and even maybe a little bit of competitiveness with the NFL. Well, yeah. But I just I, – they've got to have the money from the corporate dollars because they're not selling out the stadiums well, one, yet. one thing, St. Louis has sold out all their home games. Have they really? Um, yeah. Well, and actually so – they, they open up real quickly. They, op- they open up bottom level. They close the top okay, off. Okay, so no, they have not sold out. Well, so it's still it's that's still, all they're selling. Well, that's yeah. all they're selling. So twenty six thousand. They they they've sold out all their home games. The the that's, attendance has already like, tripled. That's like the big three. They do the same thing. They close the upper part yeah. of it, and then they, you know, that I'm saying, for it to be successful, how many home games you get? Four, four, four. no, okay. five. Okay, it's ten game, ten game schedule. So yeah. ten game. The the numbers of the people have to go up, and I think it will over time. So. One thing I heard. Uh, uh, They've already tripled the attendance of the AAF. They also, something else that is helping them, you know, gambling guy here, 20 times action week one than the AAF had. 20 times. Yeah. Another thing, too, is that. What's that, the AAF? Uh, that was, was the, the American Alliance, American, Alliance football. American football that was last couple spring. Years ago. They only played, uh, what was you know, it, four or five weeks? Though. Yeah, they played four or five. I mean, uh, they've tried this for years. Who was the quarterback in uh, Buffalo? Um, Jim. Uh, Kelly. Kelly. Started off in the US. well, the USF. That's a different deal. That's I know, a totally but they've tried it for years. Actually, I think. Uh, years. I actually think the USFL would have made it if Trump if, the, didn't, if, if Trump they wouldn't have moved to compete with the NFL. Trump moved them to push to compete with the yeah. NFL. I think they actually would have got it because, like, man, his team, Trump's team, hey, had Herschel Walker. They had. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't. Don't the thing. Is, the thing that the XFL has to do is stay in the spring. Don't be competition to the NFL. Be complimentary. I think to you the want NFL. to. I'll hear you that. want to try to become competition. No, I think you want to. No, that There's means another, that you're growing. Zero chance. That's. There's but I'm saying thing too, you will get crushed. Well, you will, but you want to. Zero, zero. I guarantee in Vince McMahon's mind, he does not want to go compete with the NFL. Oh my God, that guy is about as egotistical as it is. I guarantee I love, that's I love not on his too. radar. Well, another thing too is. Uh, I don't know if I, I've I talked Trump, about it on air, but... I think Trump and Vince McMahon need to become partners. That would be interesting. Uh, they kind of already oh, are. His, uh, McMahon's wife is, is in... Is, is in, in, yeah, is in the cabinet. cabinet. Is in the cabinet. The one thing uh, I would say about it is uh, Mark Cuban was on... I probably may have talked about it on the show already. Mark Cuban was on a, another podcast I like listened to, and he talked about another way the XFL could actually make it would be to do... Uh, would be to sell contracts to the NFL... So like if there's the NFL comes and, and scouts yep. these guys, it's their so, it's it's their it's their Euro League. Yeah, use it, use so it would be the way uh, the, a lot yeah. of the way the MLS can yeah. make makes money off of uh, Premier League and stuff like that mm-hmm. because they'll pay Sporting or they'll pay whoever x amount of dollars to buy the contract of that of that young guy that's over here. Well, the NFL does not have a C League. You know, yeah, I would say yeah, I mean, and, and it does could, not have Cuban. Cuban thinks the price tag should be about per player if you could do anywhere like seven hundred fifty grand. To purchase a contract, and I think 
I think maybe eventually they could be affiliated with the NFL mm-hmm. as like their minor league you system. Just, you got to show them that you can stay afloat. But yeah, you got it. You got to. And and Vince McMahon has put the money into this thing to make it last. I mean, what was it you tell me they could go for three years and not turn a profit? So McMahon has come out and said he's willing to go three years, make zero dollars, and then go into year four saying, I want to cash for a little bit. Because McMahon, McMahon from when he started, you know, when was last? Oh one was last. Yeah, like oh one. Yeah. Between back oh one and what he is now, I mean, he's a, he's got about a. I don't know. He's, another, got, he's got about an extra billion dollars now. Well, I've been doing this 10 years, and I still haven't made a profit, truthfully. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it, my profit is is I take part of my money and make my house payment. You know, I mean, right. uh, I'm not, I haven't given myself a raise, a salary, or anything. So if you look at my bottom line, it, 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 it's tough in a new business oh, yeah. to show a profit. And the bigger you are, the harder it is. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at the XFL and – look at ratings already compared to the league that was trying to do what the XFL is doing now in the AAF. I mean, they've doubled their ratings in the first two weeks, you know, back-to-back weeks. Now, there was a little bit of decline to week two mm-hmm. because a lot of people were just like, okay, well, it's still it's just, it's just football. You know, it's new. Let's check it out in week one. But it's still just football. But only having a 3% viewership decrease from week one to week two, whereas last year in the AAF, you started out with only like 18% viewership right. and you dropped below 10%. Yes, you're not going to succeed there. But this week right here, if they can stay at about that 27 they at the XFL, yeah. I think you, I think the league will be safe this season and going forward. So. How, and how long will Disney give them on the TV contract? Because well, that, see, that's, that's another thing that, that I mean, is huge yeah. for the, the XFL is having that TV contract with Fox and – ESPN. Yeah. Oh, they got both. Oh, they have both. Yeah, because so, they have um, a game every week that's on ES or so ABC, Disney, ESPN. If Disney were yeah. to drop them, they're good with Fox. They yep. they have a contract with and Fox. They have a relationship, if, if and they one have a relationship, drops, the others drop it. Well, see, I don't think so. I, I think <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Fox will leave if Disney leaves. I doubt it because if they're not making money, they would. And the only reason yeah. Disney would leave is because they're not making money. Well, they got yeah. raw. See, I think the, another thing is too is McMahon's relationship with Fox is really good because SmackDown. McMahon's got SmackDown. Yeah, and he's got. Monday Night Raw's no Monday Night Raw's not Fox no. Smackdown is, and so and do you spend time next? with your child? You huh? know you <laughs> do what? No, I'm joking. I still I, watch. I hey, I watch NXT. I said, do you spend time with your child? Or oh, that's how you spend time with your child. That's how it's me. It is. It's me and him watch. Me and him watch NXT Takeover, and we recreate the <laughs> matches uh, on the couch, and he beats me every time. But I mean, like 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 you guys are saying, uh, you know, you're looking at. The partnerships that Vince McMahon has, yeah, you know, eventually you're going to start seeing these start rolling into one revenue. And right now it's Vince McMahon, but you're going to start seeing the crossover, you know, with his wrestling and with the XFL. You're, I mean, the TV deals are endless mm-hmm. right now when you think about it. I mean, wrestling's been around forever. It's gone through its lows. It's gone through its highs. It's just a roller coaster and, and ride. I think- and I think the XFL could do the same thing. But once they start pulling the same direction, yeah, with Vince McMahon, and man, I, think I don't the know if they're gonna fail. He made, he, one mistake he made the first time was he tried to combine it from from the get go, yeah. the wrestling and the football. Yep. Yeah, well, as far as now it's like, football right now, wrestling. Well, this yeah. is almost hey, two if, separate. If, if deals. the Rock was part of it now, it, it wouldn't make. Well, it. I mean, it, yeah, but the Rock's not <laughs> really part of wrestling now. <laughs> no, I so. actually I, see. I actually think if the Rock shows up now, it actually legitimizes. Give, yeah, it does. Absolutely. Because Rock's a movie star, and he did the Super Bowl intros. And He's everything. the biggest so star just, in Hollywood. Week one of 
the old XFL just boom through through all kinds of red flags. Up. Yeah, oh yeah, it did. That's why there's a thirty for thirty on it, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't have. I mean, it was this because new of we, one is I'm telling way better. You, I got a good feeling about it. It's not the same. It. Here's another thing is too. I think eventually what will happen is McMahon will uh, to keep it going and, and something else. So he'll end up doing kind of a cash grab and he'll probably sell a minority stake to somebody. Yeah, and that'll be the boost in cash. Boom! Because he, you, you know, know, you know, know, know who that's going to be, right? Do what? You know who that's going to be, right? Who? It's going to be the league. It's going to be the league. It's going to be the league. Hey, hey! This is what we're going to do because just like the NBA created the G League for those basketball players that don't want to go to college or can't get into the big schools, we're going to turn this into our minor league system. We get to watch you in our off time going through OTAs, so they get to be invited to OTAs. They get to be invited to all the rookie camps. While the XFL is going on, so they get hands-on, eyes-on look at you. Okay. So take that a little bit further into the business thought. Who's supporting those G teams? The NBA. Yeah, the league. Right. That's what I'm talking about. The NFL, if the, once somebody the, buys in, right. it'll be the NFL. And that's what, that's what the AAF's goal was. They had to, they had to show yep. that they had a product enough that they could be the minor leagues, and the NFL just wasn't interested. And if you look – all the coaches in the XFL are either ex NFL assistants, yeah, or big time college head coaches that yeah. had opportunity. Like Bob Stoops, he could have went to the NFL if he wanted to numerous times, mm-hmm. but he chose the state of Oklahoma. So, if and if you look at the other head coaches around the league, I don't have their names on top of my head, but that they're those guys that can run an NFL caliber system, team, yeah, team right. to get those guys ready. Mm-hmm. So I think eventually, whereas right now, it's a lot of players that are kind of on their way down. It'll be those players on the way up, like you said, that can't get into a, a big-time SEC school. Okay, go play here for three years yeah. for the New York Guardians, and then we'll see what happens. Oh my I gosh. mean, because it's so hard It's so yeah. hard in football to go to a junior college or anything. I mean, you can go Missouri, to North Dakota Missouri State. doesn't even have junior college football. Right, exactly. So, I mean, you can Kansas go to, like, State. North Dakota State and get recognized at a humongous Division II school, low D1, whatever you want to yeah. call them now. But it's almost impossible to go anything lower than that in football and go to the league. That's why those players are so far, few and in between. Yeah. yeah if, I mean, if, this this league, if the NFL likes it and they buy into it, they buy they buy stock into it, they, they're now the second revenue outside of Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. hey, you go play two years here, you'll be draft eligible. Well, and here, so you're 20 here, years old, just like any other college football. Here, well, and it's not even draft eligible, really. It's okay. We buy the contract out, and that's where I was going with that. Is mm-hmm. they they should right now at this point want to have a big turnover from the XFL to the NFL because just like the T Bones, if a major league company uh, team comes in and and wants one of their players, they got to pay the T Bones so much money to buy that contract out. So uh, therefore, now you're 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 making money. As a team from from the players in their contract, and you're also helping their players become more successful. So I think you want you want players that are going to move on pretty quickly in this first one, first second year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, and so that so that's going to go here's to the see thing how, that makes how fast football they can so hard. XFL is they play once a week, and they only have you know five to what the NFL you have nine home games. Um, eight, yeah, eight, eight. yeah, eight. Um, baseball, you can play. Six days a week. Basketball, you can play three days a week. Hockey. Football is the toughest one because you just don't get that many 
home dates to get ticket sales. That's yeah. the toughest part. Yeah. And if you but can I make it past that. Yeah. Revenue from the TV contracts. But uh, real quick, I want to mention uh, Jamie over uh-huh. at Simply Stamped on Facebook. You can look her up, Simply Stamped. And uh, she sent us some keychains this week. I will post uh, pictures of those on our social media. Um, I actually haven't even shown you the pictures yet. I just got them in the I mail. you sent me one. Oh, maybe I did. Or you sent me some, maybe it was something that, yeah, I think I got maybe. some. I don't know. But anyway, um, they, they look really good. Uh, she sent us some keychains. So she can do keychains. She can do, uh, what else did I say, uh, po- movie posters. Shirts. Shirts. Um, decals on cars. Yeah, decal, car decals, anything like that. Any of your printing needs, um, check with her. You know, she, she also does, like, earrings. So if you're looking to buy some earrings for your lady and you want to put your picture in there or any picture, um, any anything, you just send her a photo and she can make that um, into an item for you. So simply stamped on Facebook is the best place to find her. I'll post pictures of those keychains and things later on all of our social media so you guys can check it out. But uh, so gritty, you're you're a big racing guy. Um, oh, so the yeah. Day- Daytona 500 was this weekend. You know, Austin and I are not as much into that. Actually, but it wasn't quite this weekend because yeah, the rain. Sunday into Monday, yeah, but. Know. So why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the storylines and stuff from the Daytona 500? I mean, the storyline at the you know at the end of the day was Ryan Newman's health. Yeah. Um, you know, I've followed it since it happened. You know, I, I obviously watched the race, um, watched the start of a Sunday, the rain killed it, and then you watched it again um, Mondays on Monday. But, I mean, just the safety, you know, that they put into these cars. I mean, you have roll cages that are – tested at 15,000 pounds of force, you know. Um, so, yes, those drivers, they do feel invincible, but in the back of their mind, you always have that fear of injury. I mean, you look back 20 years ago, um, at 19 years ago, yesterday was um, the death of Dale Earnhardt. And um, it was kind of similar, last lap wreck. Um, didn't, I mean, didn't really look anything – out of the ordinary, but you're talking about 19 years ago versus now, um, it would have taken a lot less to uh, yeah. to definitely um, die in a car back then. Um, which, if that wreck that happened with Ryan Newman happened 19 years ago, it's it was a no doubter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the guy he gets spun. You know, you're talking about going 205 miles an hour. These dudes are really getting after it. You're going into the last quarter mile of the race, half mile of the race. Um, at Daytona for the Daytona 500 biggest race of the year. And you just you, you turn in front of the field, and that's what happens. You know, you hit the jersey barrier, you know, the inside wall. And they have give now, thanks to Dale Earnhardt. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, when you go upside down in front of a field that's going 205 miles an hour and everybody is together because restrictor plate racing, <clears throat> I mean – Stuff like that's going to happen. You get hit going 205 miles an hour on your door side, uh, your dri- your driver's side door, and it, I mean, it was yeah. bad, man. It, it it was scary from the beginning. You know, I, I didn't I didn't see the race or the wreck when it happened because I was watching the finish. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, he was in the air for a good 800 feet. You know, you know, and at that point, he's still going 170 miles an hour in the air, so he makes the impact. Um, it's almost a quarter mile to to start at turn one and he slid on his hood all the way to turn one just to tell you how fast he's going you know you're not on wheels anymore you're on your hood and it was definitely it was scary i mean 
literally I thought he had died, you know, yeah. because commentators not talking about it, cameras not showing that they stopped showing the car, you know, and then when um, the news finally came out, the commentator said Ryan Newman has been taken, you know, to an area hospital for treatment. That is all that we can give you right now. Not that that's all we have. That is all that we're going to give you right now. You know, and that just, it scares you, you know. But congratulations to Denny Hamlin, uh, three-time Daytona 500 winner. Not wow. a NASCAR champion yet, but you're winning the biggest race of the year three times. Yeah. I think you know, I think you know how to work your way around uh, Daytona. So, um, but they're going to Vegas, starting their West Coast swing uh, this week. So, um, but prayers to Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman was released from the hospital today. You know, prayers, blessings to him and yeah. his family. Um, it's definitely, definitely been scary. I mean, just the outpouring. You know, Ryan Newman's a huge name. Not Obviously, he's not Dale Earnhardt yeah. Jr. He's not, you know, Jimmy Lito. Johnson. He's not Jeff Gordon. But it shows you that even though you're competing every week against people that you may hate, it's, you're still a family. And it's, that's, just, that's just the uh, persona in sports, you know. It's I, always I think, a family. I think any big-time competitor – you know, in any sport, never wants to see their competition get hurt, yeah, or injured. And I, I think that was the same way, you know, with that wreck. And you know, I'm just glad that that Newman has been released from the oh. hospital. Uh, you know, you showed it to me a few minutes before we went on air. It was the first time I had seen it, and that was in slow motion. Yeah, That's I crazy. mean, it, it's it's crazy. But you know, I, I'm just like I said, I'm glad that he he is alive. He's been released from the hospital. Hopefully, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's going to have some lasting effects and things. But, I mean, the good thing is he, he's been released from the hospital. He's alive. So, everything else he can heal. And I think it's I think it's just crazy. I mean, you, like we talk about sports, how you take different parts of sports and you're like, man, this has happened before, you know. 19 or what was it? Uh, 2000. The last time that they raced on Monday, Juan Pablo Montoya hit one of the jet dryers at, <laughs> the, at Daytona. Wow. That was the last time that they ended up having to finish the race on Monday. Wow. And he was hospitalized and all that stuff. It's like, okay, Mondays aren't good for day, for the Daytona 500, you know. Yeah, we'll and skip then that. 19 years ago, you had Dale Earnhardt. So, it's, it's just rough, man, you know. But, I mean, to tell you guys how much the safety is, Denny Hamlin went on and celebrated. I mean, he did a burnout. He did everything, not knowing what was going on with his buddy Newman because of the safety stuff that they've put in these cars. I mean, he said, he came out and said it. I had no idea how bad it was until I got done doing my burnout, and they hadn't gotten him out of the car yet, and they were still down there working on him. So, I mean, it, it, it's rough. It happens. Um, but that definitely should show everybody, not just racers, but everybody, at any point, you can come within an inch of your life. And, yeah. you know, you, and have I, to, you have to live in the now. You can't live Yeah, I think it shows, too, the improvements they've made in the tracks and the cars. Mm-hmm. You know, with the safety over the last 19 years, you yeah. know, since Dale Earnhardt uh, lost his life, you know, in, in a wreck. But, you know, it, it's in every sport, I think they're always doing things to make, make it safer. Absolutely. And so, you know, that, that's why when people complain about some of the things the NFL now, I'm like, well, it's to make it safer. So let's, you know, let's embrace it. So you can watch your, you can watch your favorite player play for a long time, 15 years yeah. instead of five years. You know Luke, I mean? Luke Kuechly. Yeah. Andrew Luck. I mean, you're talking about yeah. seven years, and nope, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. The, yeah. My body's hurt. To beat up. Yeah, Andrew, yeah. Luck really got the he got the crap beat out of him. I mean, Well, what is. was it? They had they had um, a research study where they took 111 football player brains, 
one of them didn't have signs of CTE. Yeah. I mean, those odds are stacked against you. Yeah, you I don't mean, play in the sport. So yeah, you have to make sports as safe as possible. Yeah, and I say it all the time. Just when I'm talking to people, you know, I mean, I've been coaching 17 years now, and even the way that I teach tackling now versus how I did 17 years ago is completely different. I mean, some of the tackling drills that I did, even when I was coaching you, I, I don't use anymore. Nope. And, and it's not because, you know, I was a bad coach then or I didn't know what I was doing. It's what the game was. It's just what I've learned since then and, and what I've learned about the brain and, and different ways to tackle, I've learned better ways to teach it. Absolutely. And so I've evolved and, and our coaching staff at East has evolved. And, you know, I mean, the most famous is the Hawk tackling with – you know, the Seahawks and, and doing some kind of role stuff. And, I mean, I, I love it. Yeah, it was more work for us coaches who had been doing it, and there's guys been doing it longer than me that, you know, are still kind of trying to change and, you know, get change the way you teach it, change the way you talk about it. So, I mean, anything they can do to make things safer, and, and I think that's one thing NASCAR will do too, with that wreck is yeah. they'll look, hey, how could we have made it even safer? And the crazy thing is they've already, they've already done that because with the restrictor plate, so basically if you take a cup, okay, mm -hmm. and you take a smaller cup and put it over the top of that one, that's basically what a restrictor plate is. It only allows so much air intake into the engine, and that's where they get their horsepower from. So over the last two years, they've gone from 740 horsepower to just over 500 horsepower. So that's going to slow you down. The restrictor plates are now meant to make the car go slower, which is where you get your drafting, all that stuff. That's why the speeds, they did a test without a restrictor plate because there's other races now that they don't do it. They run a tapered plate to allow a little bit more air. They did it without one. It was Kurt Busch. He ran a, like three laps at Talladega and got up to like 228 miles an hour. We're done. You're just, no, car needs to go to the garage. Yeah. We're not, that, that experiment is over. You know, so they're taking the strides to it. I just don't know. I mean, when you have 10 cars pushing, I don't see how you can make it any safer. I mean, yeah. at, at those super speedways. I mean, take the super speedways out of it, but you can't. Talladega, Daytona, there's too much history to take those out. You know, so. Yeah. I don't, I don't really see how much safer they can go. Yeah, lots of uh, hoops going on here behind us in the high V arena. But uh, you guys got anything else you want to hit on? I don't think kind so. Hit on. I think kind of a good week. I could probably talk about XFL for like 10 hours straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just football, football in general. Yeah. So, well, Gritty, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, no problem. Thank, Thank you, sir. Helping us out. Um, always good to talk to you and you know, we gotta we gotta mention. Uh, you know, your partner Brian was unable to make it. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll no have doubt. him in. The another awesome time. voice, yeah, the awesome voice. I, like I said, I always enjoy listening to your guys' stuff, and you know, being on with you guys, it's always a lot of fun. So glad you can make it out today. Yeah, no doubt. Vice versa. I mean, this is the first time I've been in Hyvie Arena slash Kemper Arena. Yeah. So I mean, it's a great experience. Obviously, love talking sports with you guys, and yeah. uh, you know, I want to say thanks to Jake for coming on and giving us some insight of pro baseball as well oh so. yeah yeah very yeah. cool you know when he's a 10-year vet you know maybe we'll <laughs> get him on in between them but you know 10 years vet playing with juan soto yeah. oh boy but uh you know always also remember if you need a dj for an event dj showtime uh dj showtime kc34 on twitter 
DJ Showtime KC3481 on Snapchat. Phone number 816-260-2056. And his Instagram is DJ KC Showtime. You know, if you need a DJ for any type of event, whether it's a family-friendly event or a house party, you know, or a dance for your school or your organization, make sure you contact DJ Showtime. He can meet all your DJ needs. So, I'm Gary. This is Austin. And we are Midwest Mics, and we'll see you guys next week. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.